Welcome to Bridgewalker's Tea. Grab your tea, pull up a chair, and join us in these conversations around practical spirituality, systemic change, and solopreneurship. I'm Manasi Kakre, a practical spirituality mentor and speaker for Bridgewalkers. I'm Rose Pudzis, a storyteller and a professional talker. A Bridgewalker is an analytical, critical thinker fascinated by spirituality. According to human design, both of us are generators or alchemists with open throat center. What that means is that we love talking. And when we talk from a balanced place, our words, our expression, and our ideas bring learning and healing. We would love for you to join the conversation too. So don't hesitate to submit your comments or questions via the form. And uh, the link is in the description. So if you're having fun and you're enjoying this experience, please take some time to review us and subscribe. That will help us reach more Bridgewalkers. We hope that these candid, unfiltered conversations bring you new perspectives, spark an inspiration, and give you the confidence to shine in your own unique way of being called dharma in Sanskrit. Because it's through your dharma that you are going to contribute to building new social systems and structures rooted in love, equality for all souls, and equity for the marginalized. And that's what being a bridge walker is all about. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hello, Rose. Hello, how are you? I am, I was going to say excellent, but that excellent just came because we found the topic to speak about. Yeah. Before that, before that, I was like, uh, I have no idea what we're going to speak about today. So, well, I'm excellent. I know. Well, good. So I, I actually um, brought this up to you because I saw this video, which I know you're going to play in a second, but I was, I was like laughing and I sent this to you on TikTok because I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is so relatable. And I was laughing because I don't know how many times you've always had to like talk me down from this particular place. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm excited about this topic. <laughs> Refresher. Yeah. Refresher for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sure many people, because I can't be the only one. No, no, you aren't. This is so common. It's so interesting. So the topic that this morning Rose sent me a TikTok message and she's like, look at what this girl is talking about. And uh, it's so relatable. So what we're going to do is we are actually going to play this message for you. Now, this is something we have never done this before. Um, By the way, I'm soon planning to get to the YouTube video. So I will include this TikTok, maybe with the creator's permission if I have that. But otherwise, we will just include the link in the show notes. And let's talk about that. Okay. I'm going to play this episode. This is a short clip and just see uh, how you can hear it. Totally overwhelmed with their own potential and the fact that they want to do too many things. Like, there are so many things that I want to do. I want to be a web designer and a graphic designer and an illustrator and a content creator and a coder and a logo designer and a videographer and a photographer and a creative director. And I want to start my own clothing company and I want to learn how to make clothes and I want to paint and I want to do interior design and I just want to do it all. So what do I do with all of this? Now, some people might say that this is a nice position to be in. 
But now, my expectations and my standards for myself are through the fucking roof. And I can't relax because I feel like I have to be productive all the time. And then if I'm not being productive, then, well, I might as well just give up on everything because I'm wasting too much time. It's exhausting. Does anyone else feel, like, totally overwhelmed with their own potential? So that was the video. Who was the creator of that? The creator, it's... Does it say? It does say, but it's hard hard to say that name. So it's at sign, which is, and then it's S and a lot of underscores. I'm guessing maybe at least three underscores in there. Then N and another three underscores and D. So we're just going to include the link in the show notes so that you can actually see the the creator who created this video. Uh, But their name, the username is has underscores. And I don't know exactly how many underscores in there because they're one after another. But anyway, so who can relate to this? I have related to this. I am a multi-passionate person and I have related to this, that there are so many ideas. Plus, I actually did another video on TikTok, which was about gate 11 in human design. So I'm going to include the link to that video as well. I need to make notes of what I am including in here. Um, so, so some of you who are just going to relate to this as like multi-passionate people, you have a variety of passions. You have no idea how to, what to do with it, which one to pursue, uh, or do you somehow combine all of them together and then pursue that? How do you do it? Second part that she mentions is during the break when she says, what do I do with all these ideas? And for those of you who couldn't see the video or haven't seen the video yet, she just sits in front of a TV in a couch, on a couch. And so she she says, what do I do with this? I do nothing. That's basically because there is that overwhelm. So let's talk about uh, overwhelm of being multi-passionate because that is a real thing. And, And the last part she says is, I feel that there is no, uh, that, that I'm not productive. So let's talk about the wounding on productivity. So those are the three things we are going to talk about in this episode. The wounding on productivity, the overwhelm of being multi-passionate, and what exactly to do with your multiple passions. Let me first stop this video from playing because I keep, it, it just keeps playing, right? So... I'm going to say, do not disturb, close the TikTok. We're good. Okay. So let's first talk about the first part, multi-passionate. In the world of solopreneurship, you will hear this advice of niching down so much, so much without people ever understanding what a niche really means. So you are out here thinking, I want to be a videographer. I want to be a photographer. I'm going to be a website designer. I want to create movies. I want to write plays, whatever it is. We have to understand that everything that we want to do, that's our expression. It has to be done. Mm. If you don't do it, you are going to be unhappy with it. So whether you put everything in your business is a different story. But first understand, you just have to do everything that you want to experience as your expression. So maybe some of those would be hobbies. Some of those would be once in a while pursuits. Like maybe you don't uh, do videos every day, but you do them once in a while. And the rest of the days you take photos. And then for business, maybe you become a website designer. 
we have this so much pressure in our world to convert your passions into your profession, right? And the message is, and I'm not against it, right? I'm not at all against it. In fact, I really believe that your profession should emerge from your passions, but that doesn't mean that everything that you're passionate about is there for you to just make money, right? Some things that you're passionate about, those are your hobbies. Yeah, Those are something that you just enjoy doing. You don't have to make yourself better at it and create, turn it into a profession, right? Those are some things that you are here to enjoy just on your own. You don't even have to teach it to others or share that passion with others. You don't have to do it. So first of all, if you're feeling any pressure of something that I have to do, just because this is my passion, I need to turn it into a profession. You don't have to. You don't have to. Then there are certain types according to human design. For example, type three. Type three is an experimenter, third line profile. That's what we call it. Third line profile is an an experimenter. Those people, and I'm one of them, we are just going to have a lot of experimentation in life. So there's going to be a part of the time when we are going to feel like, oh, I really want to do this. But the Purpose of it is not to turn it into any kind of business or profession, but simply to pursue it to see if you like it. You may actually find out that, oh, in doing the videos, I really don't enjoy doing videos as much as I enjoy photography. And that's completely okay. So the third line profile and to an extent, sixth line profile before the age of 50 years is going to have this tendency of uh, experimentation. And it's completely okay to experiment. and. A lot of times people perceive the third line profiles and sixth line profiles as these are the people who don't stick with anything, right? I'm an engineer. I started out as engineer and I enjoyed some parts of engineering, but then after a while, I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. I cannot sit behind the desk all the time and designing something. I have other skills like speaking that I really want to explore, So I went into the business side of it. That was part of my exploration. I enjoyed business. I I took a class on entrepreneurship. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the marketing part of it. I enjoyed international business. Marketing and international business are two of my majors. Am I really using either of those in my business now? Of course, I use marketing for my own business and I teach some of that and I understand business concepts. But I'm not really, I haven't really developed a marketing agency per se just because my major was marketing, right? So how those pieces of your experimentation fit into your unique story, you will figure it out through experimentation. So if you are that type of person, please give yourself the credit to just experiment. There is a purpose to this experimentation. Not everybody is in a position and has the resilience to keep experimenting. Experimenting takes a lot of energy. It's not... People think that, oh, it takes a lot of discipline to stay, pick one thing and stick with it. And that may or may not be true. Yes, if discipline and focus is the type of lens that you have, yes, it's going to show up like that as one of the expressions. But sometimes experimentation does take a lot of resilience. So it has it takes a different type of resilience than pick one thing and stick with it type of resilience. Yeah. Right? But our world is programmed to make us think that, oh, we should just pick one thing and stay with it. And otherwise we are just, we are like finicky. Mm-hmm. Right? We are finicky. We are, we, are, we are not deciding exactly what needs to be done. Astrologically speaking, this can happen basically all your life. 
like third line profile, I'm never going to change. So now I have some expression of mine that is decided. Like I talk about practical spirituality. However, even in that, I keep experimenting. I keep experimenting. And that's always going to be the case. So even when you pick, like you realize there is one part of me that wants to express it in this way, even there, there could be experimentation. There could be, uh, um, there could be mistakes that you would make, but those aren't necessarily mistakes. Those are just your pursuits that you are exploring to see if something sticks with you, if you like it, do you enjoy it enough? So give yourself the freedom to do that kind of experimentation. Experimentation, by the way, doesn't mean that there is lack of focus, right? Focus is an energy. Many times people think and people perceive multi-passion as lack of focus. But multiple passions doesn't have to mean lack of focus. In fact, I am a very focused person. So in human design, one of my strongest energy is of focus. But how do I focus it is I let my vision drive me. I let my vision pull me towards it. So my vision is really, so I have my vision in business, right? But my personal vision for myself is the vision that no matter what I do, I want to find out what is my unique way of expressing and contributing to the collective. Mm. That is my ultimate chase in my life, right? Yeah, could I interject here real quick? Yes. Because you're touching on something that I feel like I've had to learn now because this is one of the things that's tripped me up. Is it okay? I totally interrupted you. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, but I... Because this is right now actively one of the things I'm trying to um, shift because that was like a blessing and a curse. Like I get all these ideas, this vision, Mm -hmm. and I get stuck on that picture that's in my head. Mm -hmm. And then when I can't live up to it, it's like that crushing thing. Like, oh, it's reflecting on me and like I'm taking it personally. But like what you're saying right now too, it's this idea. And that's something I've been trying to shift because we've talked about like surrender and what it means to hold a vision, but also like not get too attached to the details in that. Right. And so when you're speaking, it's almost like, um, it's funny because the things that you're your vision, it's like more just a concept or an idea instead of like the, the, the visual images can fuel you, right. It can be inspiration, but it's not about that. And that allows you to stay flexible with all of these things. Exactly. So that's why focus is the energy of being in the energy of your vision. Mm-hmm. Focus isn't about creating a vision board or staying stuck to that idea of what you think your life should be. Right. I so, tripped me up so many times. Exactly. And that's the disservice. Another TikTok video that we need to include in this conversation. I did a video on the disservice that vision board has done for us. Mm. And the disservice that vision board has done for us is we think that our vision needs to be this clear piece of something that we can see. And that is our vision. But that is not our vision. Anything that comes to us with clarity is a goal, intention, or desire. Vision is a completely different energy. Vision is the energy of expansion. It's not going to be clear. It's not supposed to be clear. So when vision first comes, it is bound to be overwhelming. And if you're not, it is clear to you, something that is, if something that comes to you and you think that's a vision of how your life should be, 
and it is clear to you understand it's not a vision it's a it's a it's a goal intention or desire mm. the vision if it is true to its nature is going to be big it's going to feel overwhelming it's going to feel confusing so unless it feels that way you are not dreaming big enough right so then for me what does it even mean to find out what is my unique expression and how do i contribute to the collective ascension if that is my vision for myself right it is so freaking vague and it is abstract but it's that pursuit i stay in that energy of that exploration of what is it what is it what is it so constantly staying in that energy i am single mindedly focused on that energy right that doesn't mean that i am deciding that my expression should be of a speaker my expression should be of a teacher my expression should be of a marketer those expressions have taken turns and they have changed and they have shifted over time and i honor that because i am in the energy of the vision i don't have a picture of a vision mm-hmm. so when you are saying you used to be tripped by it again we don't understand the energy behind things so we don't really understand the concept of vision versus concept of goals my goal was to become a successful marketer great what happened after that i became that and then i felt like parts of my passions were not being used and i felt like i was cutting my limbs off mhm right so it's that feeling of entrapment which is a lot of multipassionate people feel so even when you hear this advice of niching down in business you again feel the same thing you feel like i'm cutting my parts down i am leaving part of me aside just yeah. to make money or just to get followers on tiktok and that's not really the good advice now here's why it is not a good advice niching down again is the energy of focus and focus can come in a different way right focus doesn't have to come from the clarity of what subjects you talk about or what exactly you do focus comes from you being in your dharma your dharma meaning your unique way of being there are certain energies that are a part of you your the skills you have acquired over time the experiences that you have been through the 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 uh challenges that you have faced the lessons that you have learned from them uh your identities whether they have marginalization or and or privilege all of that that creates a mixture of energies that decides your unique way of being right what parts of you are healed and what parts of you are yet in the process of healing all of that that decides your unique way of being the word for that in sanskrit is dharma and that dharma is your focus that dharma is your niche you being you is your niche you being you is your focus i love that once we understand that concept then suddenly we realize oh there is this person like say take my example who talks about like mystical nature of spirituality along with a very practical systemic change and combines this ancient wisdom with modern business with quiet sometimes like my expression is very quiet sometimes and some days it's like an activist expression so if i were to if you were to look at what i do you wouldn't understand what i am niching in if you were to look at as a piece of clarity you wouldn't understand but yet there are people who are attracted to me they pay me to do all of this together 
And that is my niche because that's all of me in one focused laser beam. It makes so much more sense too. Like that is like when you come into this world, like, like to celebrate all those different pieces. I mean, that's really what you're doing. And it's like, we just, it's so funny how caught up we get into these ideas from capitalism or whatever. It's like this, how you're supposed to market. And it's like, oh, do these things. So it's like you, you get used to it and you know, deep down there is something not right with it, but that's just how everything is. So it's like, um, this just makes so much more sense. Exactly. And I used to battle with these ideas. I used to wonder, and I, in human design, I have quadruple split definition, which basically means there are like four people, four personalities within one personality. Hmm. So until I integrated them, I would, I wouldn't understand, am I an activist or am I a mystic? Right. Because the mystical side of me doesn't even want to talk to people. I go, I would be perfectly happy going on a mountain and not looking at anything whatsoever. Right. But the activist side of me doesn't let me be on a mountain. Right. And those are completely like, those are different archetypes of energies. And I, I, I used to fight with them. I didn't understand because I was thinking you have to niche down. Even from yeah. the marketing perspective, niching doesn't mean you just choose one product or one something to sell. Even from marketing and business strategy perspective, niche simply means that you, as, as a corporate team, you decide what is our one path, right? Because if there are 10 marketers making the decision and everybody is doing their own individual thing, it's not going to represent the company. That's where the concept of niching down came from. That if we are selling this product, particular product, because corporates usually start with the product. They don't start with personality. They start with the product and then give that product a human face. They try to make it, give it a personality. That's what we call brand. So in the corporate world, we start with this product and then say, how can we humanize this product? That's where the niche comes in. That's why you'd look at Prada and you don't just think this, these are goggles or handbags. You look at it and you look luxury. Right? You think luxury. That luxury is humanization of the product. And then Prada's niche becomes luxury. They're in the luxury market. That's their niche. So if tomorrow Prada creates sunglasses that are being sold in a mall kiosk, that would not be their niche just because that's not their unique way of being at that point. But human beings, we are starting with a unique way of being. And then we are trying to limit ourselves through a product. We are going exactly the opposite. Corporate world needs humanization on the product. We are humans. We are the products. And we are trying to turn ourselves into a product just for the sake of some marketing principle that is taught in the wrong way. That is not even the marketing principle, by the way. So all these people who are telling you niching down, they don't even teach you the right, what is niche to begin with, right? right. That's why it feels so wrong because once we understand these corp concepts applied to corporate world in a certain way, the principles behind them, then we actually understand the human beings. It's easy for human beings to niche and we just have to focus on our dharma, our unique way of being. So the way I teach my clients, and literally there is like entire module on this in BVI, is about Vishuddha Chakra. Vishuddha means especially pure. Whatever is especially pure for you in that moment, that's the expression that you give. And slowly that expression starts taking a form and that form becomes your niche. That's what attracts your soulmate clients. 
So your Vishuddha, your expression is your niche, right? So if there are multiple passions in there, some of those passions are going to turn into your business. You will figure out a way of how to put it all together. For me, for example, I had all these different pursuits, right? I was thinking, oh, I, I do talk about systemic issues. I do talk about, um, I, I do care about uh, how we express ourselves freely, like without any, uh, how do we heal our wounding and then express ourselves so that we can express liberated expression. I do care about dreaming big, which is the part of the vision. I do care about um, uh, increasing my self-worth and increasing my money mindset. How did I bring this all together? I literally understood there's a reason I was born in India. There's a reason I understand the original Sanskrit meanings of all the seven chakra. And what I'm teaching is about seven chakra. I'm teaching, I'm giving the blueprint of human expansion, blueprint of human potential. So that's why it makes sense that I will talk about money mindset as it relates to self-worth. I will talk about dreaming big and I will talk about healing and I will talk about expression. Now, if I were to think about it from the niching perspective, people are like, are you teaching money mindset or are you teaching, which is why sometimes it's very hard for me to market for BVI mm. because I personally am still learning how do I market this, right? And now I understand that my right vibration actually just attracts the right people. I don't even have to really find out exact words. They just understand it. But that's why I started marketing it as if you want to be a visionary, you are going to need internal unshakable foundation. Mm -hmm. And that's, this is that foundation, right? So build, do the inner work in order to express yourself as a visionary outside. And let me just say too, like that is a process in and of itself. Right. Like when I remember first starting to learn, it's like, and I know this, but it's also funny to go through it. It's like you, it's not just like hearing and understanding the concepts and being like, oh yeah, it has been such a process um, of an uncomfortable process, honestly. Because then I'm starting to look at things that I never, it's like when you work out and then you feel a muscle you never felt before. And you're like, what the <laughs> hell is that now? Great. I, I felt good the day before. Now I'm working out. I feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't moved like parts of my body in a long time. And that's, it is uncomfortable to like, look at those things. Cause it's, it's, um, it's like, I did, I, I didn't understand for myself, all the, the programs that were running me. Yes. Yes. You know, right? and that was hard to look at. Like, you know, I like to think of myself as a certain person and then you're hitting these roadblocks and you're like, why can't I just do it? It actually was harder. I feel like I got even more of like a, you know, it, it was confusing, but it, that's part of the work. I think like that is part the of the where work. you talk, the more you repeat certain concepts, the more I'm like, oh, it's like you start to just identify little by little these things. And it is such a shift, you know, like you're not totally aware of all these things. And then when you start to do it, you do start to like move through the world a little bit differently or see things or start to appreciate your, your journey and all like the mistakes you've made because um, it just, again, you're just learning about yourself in a deeper way that you right. weren't attention to before. And that's exactly the work, right? Like if we are on mm -hmm. the path of healing, healing isn't all hunky-dory. No. Healing is actually recognizing what are the subconscious programs that are running me. That could be a fear that you picked up as a child, or that could be the systemic issues 
taking a toll on you that makes you think that you are not productive enough just because you're multi-passionate. And it's almost embarrassing because when I start to see those things, I almost feel like all of a sudden everybody sees it. Like, how do I even have any friends? How do you know? Because it's like, I'm like, (laughs) how did I not know these things? But that's not how it is. People aren't, but like, it's, you're so exposed when you're going through that. Right, right. And that's that. That's what makes healing vulnerable is that exposure, which is why it's good to have a mentor on your side is because the mentor can hold your hand. The mentor yes. can tell you this is very natural. Like you are, you may feel like you are hitting the rock bottom, but sweetheart, this is just the process of healing. It's not that it's right. You are not alone in this. We are all together in this, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, so that that's how the expression, all my variety of pursuits, they came together as this signature system that I now get paid big bucks to teach, right? So your unique expression, all those passions, they're going to come together in some way. They are ultimately going to develop your, your signature system somehow. We don't know yet, which is why we are, we should be, we should have the courage to make mistakes, to experiment and understand how this all fits together. And then some parts of it are going to have influence. Some energies are going to have influence on how you do things, not necessarily what you're teaching. Right. So for example, um, what I learned in my business I now understand solopreneurship world, there are wrong teachings around under the name of business strategy. The reason I understand is because I had my MBA and I understood the actual corporate principles. So then I could say that, oh, if you apply to solopreneurship, the principle doesn't, that principle isn't applied anymore. So you cannot apply the same strategy to the solopreneurship world, the way you apply it to the corporate world. Whereas all these teachers called business coaches, they are teaching you the wrong strategies. Right in the solopreneurship world, that I could understand that because of my MBA. So my MBA is not wasted. Yeah. Right. Even though technically, an MBA still people will think like, oh, I'm using that knowledge in while doing my business, which is part of it is true. But like, let's take an example of engineering. Engineering is one was one of my pursuits. I thought that was my passion, but it wasn't as much of passion, and I understood that later. But my engineering isn't wasted. That gave me the way of thinking. What is analysis and what is synthesis? Which I have done a different episode on that. Look at that episode. It's the episode on North Node. Mm. We will include the link to that below too. But that I go deep into that about Dharma and North Node and how this multiple passions, how they come together. Another example is um, public speaking. I started giving our speeches when I was eight years old. And I started it because my father, like I would come home and with the scorecard, like report card, that would say that um, she's great at everything, but she just doesn't talk in the class. She's very quiet. So then my father is like, okay, she's going to have to talk to people sometime in her life. Let's just enroll her in speech contests and let's see how that impacts. And then as my mother jokes that when she started talking, she never stopped. <laughs> right? So basically from eight years old, I have been participating in the speech contest. Now at that time, it wasn't even a passion. It was a cure for, for, I'm I'm using cure in quotations, but it was basically what my father thought is a tool for developing a certain type of social skill. So I used it as a tool for, I guess, developing my talking skills 
Then later on, I started enjoying those arguments. I started enjoying making my case. So I became part of debating teams. I became part of elocution teams. And then obviously I was winning prizes. So that was fun. So that remained my hobby for a long time. Then I came to the US and I said, you know what? If I want to be a CEO of a company, I need to be able to know how to motivate people to work, right? <laughs> to be productive, quote unquote. Again, the wounding part of it was wounding, but part of it was just like, okay, let's let's prepare yourself for the future. So it was that vision, keep, keeping yourself actually a goal, not even a vision, right? So I was doing that. And then I realized somewhere along the way that, oh my gosh, people are inviting me to teach them something. And that's how being a professional speaker became a part of my business. Right. And then I started saying, and in order to then do that, I have given a whole speech about it too, not speech, but like podcast episodes. I really had to heal my wounds of fear of being seen in order to accept that as ultimately my purpose. So now what was once my hobby has now become completely a part of my profession. So guess what happens? I no longer do it as a hobby. So I don't give free speeches anymore just because I'm like, I'm talking all the time in my free time. I actually want my solitude. Mm-hmm. Right. So my hobbies have now changed. Now my hobby, uh, once it used to be pottery. Now my hobby is just sitting in the garden, sometimes gardening. Right. So your hobbies, your passions, they change over time. Allow yourself that fluidity, that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And then some of your passions are just going to make subtle impact. Like me being an Indian, it's not that I'm teaching anybody Indian culture per se, or it's not like I'm teaching Indian food or something, but I look at my background. I look at my internalized marginalization and that voice is now becoming stronger, right? I'm talking even more so for cultural appropriation, but otherwise Indian culture is just part of who I am. It has subtle influences, like the music in the podcast, the ones that I like was Indian sounding music. Right. It's those subtle ways. So I don't have to be like, I love music. That's a great example. I love music. Right. Like I I have studied music. I I can sing classical music. I well, bare minimum. And I can I really enjoy like I enjoy classical Indian music concerts. I enjoy jazz. I enjoy blues. So I enjoy different types of music. That music doesn't have to make its way in my business. But the way it made its way is because I understand the energy of the music, I use that music in my workshops, right? That's how they make their way. I use that music when we were selecting music for the podcast. I was like, that's not the energy of it. This is the right music for us, right? And it's me. So some parts of your passions are going to have subtle impact on how you operate versus what exactly you are doing. Right. So while I'm teaching spirituality, music is making its way into my workshops. Music is making its way into uh, our podcast, right? So that that's how. So multi-passionate, you're perfectly fine. Give yourself the chance to explore what you want to explore in the moment. So one day you may wake up and you're like, I just want to design websites today. Another day you may wake up and you're like, oh, I just want to do videos today. Another day you may wake up and you're like, I'm doing photography. Find out what it is that is satisfying for you in the moment and do moment to moment. It's not taking one thing and leaving it. It's you being focused on who you are. And that's it right there. That's it. Right. 
So change your perspective. Don't look at it as, I'm thinking of this word in Marathi. It's called dharsod vrutti, meaning you hold it and you leave it. You hold it and you leave it. Multi-passionate people are made to think that they are like that, that they pick one thing and then they leave it. They pick one thing and they leave it. It's not that. You are simply, you have layers and layers to your personality and that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you special. How they come into your business will be decided through experimentation. If they come in your business will be decided through your analysis of when you do it and you like it, do you enjoy it, but allow yourself to go through that experimentation, right? So then guess what? That automatically takes care of the overwhelm, Yeah. Right? When you're following what you want to do in the moment, it automatically takes care of overwhelm. So then you don't feel like I need to figure this all out. And because I cannot figure anything out, I'm just going to watch TV. Right. That's your brain going in this hyper mode. The brain is like, what are you telling me? Like, I need to figure all this out in like what, one month or one year or even like today. How is this possible? So that's going to send you into into this like trauma response almost. Yeah, it's like just allow yourself to enjoy things. Enjoy things. Just allow it to enjoy. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. And then you like this, this is the thing that you tell me over and over. And I can't tell you how many times you've had to tell me this. So it's so funny because it's so simple, but it is so basic. And that's what I love because it, you can always just come back to this little thing and that's it right there. Like, right. That's what I think is beautiful. Exactly. By the way, I know you're going to, don't be mad at me, Rishi, for bringing this up, but I'm still waiting for Rishi's food and drink channel that he's going to be. <laughs> you mentioned that. I was like, oh, actually I'm waiting for his specific food. So, so here's the fun part, right? Rishi keeps saying that I love cooking food, but the moment I turn it into some kind of profession or a blog or something, I may not enjoy it. Yeah. So okay. for him, we never know if Rishi will ever do this as a channel. We don't know. We don't know. So, and and I'm completely supportive of it. I'm like, I understand because he he is like, I'm completely enjoying my work as a scientist. Yeah. Right. Bicycling and cooking food, those are my hobbies. Let me enjoy those as hobbies. I'm not going to always even put photos on Instagram. He has an Instagram. And people are always like my nieces always ask him, my friends always ask me, Uncle Rishi, like, where is your next dish? You haven't posted anything in the last two months. And he's like, Yeah, because I'm bicycling and I'm enjoying my life. And you know what? Good for Rishi. I know I'm just selfishly bringing it up. (laughs) Pressure on. So selfishly, like, I respect that. But but, also. (laughs) But isn't that a great example where he understands his boundary right now? He understands that even though I am passionate about this variety of things, some of them are just my passions. Those are not, I'm not worried about bringing that, turning that into some kind of business or like a travel blog or something like that. Yeah. He's just not worried about it. So now he and he's and he's having fun. He's having fun at work and he's having fun in cooking food, right? So and that's what I mean by focus. Whatever feels right to you. Two years down the road, maybe Rishi wants to create like regular Instagram or regular TikTok videos, or wants to do something else completely different. Who knows, right? He may do that, but again, that's his choice and that's every soul's choice. Just because you have multiple passions doesn't mean you have to turn all of them into business. So I'm so glad you brought up his example because I wasn't thinking about it, but he's a great example of how to just keep it hobbies, right? And enjoy it because the ultimate goal of life is to enjoy it. And you can tell because when I was out there, yeah, it's that's why I'm saying it too, because when you truly enjoy something, like 
The food was spectacular. The drinks were so special. <laughs> and he does just enjoy it. And I think when you're able to like keep that, like it shines through. That's why you need to be like, oh, you should do it. But you're, it's true. Sometimes not everything's supposed to be like a business thing. And it's so easy. I'll, I'm usually that person like, oh, you should do this. But it is like, I got to enjoy that. And I'm like, there is, he is clearly enjoying what he's doing. You can taste it. Right. Right. And here's the best part. Like, so once you have focus, right, when you're focused on you being you, the overwhelm automatically goes away, right? The same way, once you understand that not everything is for money, the pressure of productivity goes away. Mm. Because that pressure of productivity that comes on us is from a capitalist society that looks at people as products. It looks at people as machines who are generating profit for the employers Mm -hmm. that they're working for. We are not machines. We are human beings. Our purpose in life isn't just to make money, although we are going to need some money because that's the system that we are currently in. By the way, Hidden Brain has done a series of great podcasts on money and how that system of money came into play. Oh, wow. And it, it is fantastic. That tells you like how money has control and authority just embedded in it, into it, right? Mm-hmm. So we now have to question moving forward and building a new society, bring, building new social systems and structures, money being one of those systems. We have to question, are we seeing our value only in our output only in the amount of money we make. If that's what we are seeing, we are carrying the wounds on self-worth, right? That's why when you feel overwhelmed, relaxation or resting or just pausing is going to be your natural state. And in that state, you feel you're lazy. You're not being productive enough. Something that you need in order to give your brain a break from all that overwhelm. Right. So this is literally self-care at that point. If you're just sitting there and watching TV, that's because you needed that care. Right. And you're looking at that care as lack of productivity. That is coming from your wounds. And the wisdom of seven chakra tells us that when we our actions, the productivity comes through the actions that are aligned, because that's the time when your actions are aligned, they are rooted in your vision. So you only take the actions that are going to move you forward towards your vision that we talked about, which is the focus of you being you. That's your vision. It's going to move you forward towards that. And those actions are a handful of actions. You don't need to take a whole lot of actions. In fact, when you take a whole lot of actions, you're trying to be busy. The wisdom of seven chakra tells us that there is a wounding on your swadhishthan chakra, which tells you that you are worthy simply because you exist. But you don't see that worthiness. You think that unless I'm busy, unless I'm always doing something, unless I'm being of service to others through acts of service, I'm not valuable. We see this in parents all the time, right? When parents, they see their identity in being this parent who is driving children all over the place and they are just making dinners for children and then they are uh, uh, going to their sports event. When children go out of the home, they are empty nesters now. They don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. They have lost their sense of identity because they have seen their value in the acts they were doing as parents. 
but that wasn't your value. Your value was in the connection with the child. Your value was in yourself, like who you are, what values you are embedding in the child, right? All of you being you is your value. And children don't remember, like, at least in my case, I don't remember Like I remember once in a while that my mom used to make all these great dishes and still does. And I remember that and I'm grateful for that. But majority of what I remember is when I learned what sexism is from my mother, right? When she was challenging those ideas, when my father was challenging those ideas, those are the gifts that I'm most grateful for that they gave me, right? So them being them, them expressing their lack discontent for this sexist system is what I got from them. Them talking against casteism is what I got from them. And that's what I cherish the most. And of course, their love and their support and all of those things, which are also parts of you being you, right? So you being you is where your value is. So if you think that because of the overwhelm, you're resting and that is lack of productivity. And if that is lack of productivity, you are not good enough. You're not being good enough. You are not doing enough. You need to question the wounds on worthiness. Self-worth is where that wound originates. That makes you think that my value is in the work that do I do and amount of work that I do. So if you're staying busy all the time or you look down on yourself that I'm not getting enough done and I'm lazy, this is the wound. The wound goes to Swadishthan Chakra. So... Brilliant. That's the spiel for the day. This is great. The sermon is, is over. Another good one. <laughs> this is a, uh, you know, I, yeah, just, you clarify things so well for in this. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It just, it's really nice to hear it all spread out and put together like that. Because again, the more I hear it, the more it like just kind of embeds deeper and it takes a while for those switches to happen. So thank you. Right, right. And and that's why we, these are the systemic issues, wounds that we're healing. This, these particular wounds are coming from capitalism, right? Capitalist society that looks at people as machines. That's where these wounds are coming from. So the uniqueness of a person, their multiple passions, unless they are monetized, they are not good enough, right? That's the one wound. The other wound is if I'm being overwhelmed, I cannot relax. And the third wound is productivity is where I should be. No, you should be in the flow. And let me just tell you, by the way, this is another thing. When you take inspired actions that are focused, meaning towards your vision, you all your actions come from your region. By the way, I talk about this in my seven chakra and business mini course. It's free, available. Um, and by this time, by the time this is done, most likely I would have conducted a webinar on it. We will include the link of that as well, because I'm conducting a webinar on it. I'm planning on it. That's Just do a live webinar and refresh some material on Seven Chakra and Business mini course. But I have talked about this. There are videos about it on my TikTok. Go follow that. Go use these free resources because I want everybody to understand these basic stuff. But um But the point I was making is that once your actions are inspired and rooted in your vision and focused on your unique way of being, when when all of that combination happens, your productivity will go through the roof. It's like, then you let go of all those ideas, like, uh, I need to edit myself 10 times. So you take out a blog post, like maybe it takes you, used to take you like three hours to write a blog post. And now with like in the flow, channeling and all of that, you will take out a blog post in 40 minutes, right? 
maybe you think twice before putting up a video on TikTok because you think this is not the best way of saying it and you curtail your expression and you edit it multiple times and you get stuck in perfection. That is what is reducing your productivity. So once that goes away, because you are just like, uh, it's okay for me to make mistakes. I'm just going to do my expression because that means I'm being me. My action is rooted on vision. And I was inspired by this idea. You put out one, one TikTok video. It takes you three minutes to record the video max. And then maybe some time to add captions. So 15 minutes, you are done. Right? That's what makes you very, very productive. So if you really want to achieve the productivity, which I would say don't chase that, but yes, let's just say you want to go in the direction of flow. And that's what is going to give you productivity. Go in the direction of focus, it will get rid of your overwhelm. Yeah. And ultimately, this is what I want to leave you with. Not every passion of yours has to be monetized. Your passions are for you to enjoy. As long as you're enjoying it, whether it's through business or as a hobby or just as something that you once had, that's good enough. Just enjoy your expression and experience. You are here. You're born to have fun, to have joy. Allow yourself to have that. 